Alright, Rabotai, Beruchim, and Imsaim. It's good to be back here with the uh, Oil Yaakov winter semester. To be with our, uh, our good friends. I think this is year three of, uh, of something that we thought was, uh, you know, a carryover from uh, COVID. And we said, all right, we'll do it, Zech and the Khurban. And. It turned into an item. It turned into an item. And uh, the truth of the matter is, I do look forward to the winter crowd here at Lawrence Avenue. Uh, I want you to know that uh, my life hasn't got uh, less busy over the last year. Uh, Some of you might have heard that I uh, filled in some of my free time with some uh, dabbling in the high school, in Yeshiva High School. But I want you to know that when I made the contract with them, I said, listen, Monday nights I'm in deal, and don't, don't touch that, otherwise we have no deal. <laughs> so they said, no, Rabbi, we're not going to touch that. Monday night belongs to Lawrence Avenue. <laughs> so, uh, just want you to know how much, uh, how much love and respect I have for our members over here, and how much I enjoy it myself, uh, I'll be honest with you. And... Uh, <clears throat> I came uh, tonight to expound on Parashat Noah, and actually I came to make a revelation. So if you're here tonight, consider yourself lucky. I do believe what I'm going to say is a, a big hadush. You know, in Brooklyn, we made an observation that we've been giving classes on Parashat Shavuah for 27 years. So this is cycle 28. And uh, somebody did a study, I don't have time to you know, review all the classes, they said they went through 27 of them and they're all distinct and different. And they're waiting for the, for the repeat. And I told them, well, you're not gonna get it this year. Uh, and, and the truth of the matter is, I don't think you're gonna ever get it. Because it is so rich, this, this, this godly book that Hashem gave us is just so infinitely rich with stuff that you could talk about Parashat Noah, and for that matter, all the Parashiyot, from here till the end of time, and you won't have to repeat yourself even once. And it's not that the Hindushim get less. And you think it's okay, top 10, and then, you know, it drifts down to the, uh, you know, to the bottom of the barrel stuff. It's not so. I mean, you could have top infinite every week. I mean, that, that, that's how great the book is. So I'm lucky that, uh, you know, if, if you sell shoes, so you have, I mean, no, um, but you have, you know, you're limited in your sample case. I mean, you don't have every shoe, you don't have every color, you have whatever you have. And then you have to tell the customer, well, we don't have blue, how about, uh, how about pink? But, uh, and today, you know, you could go either way with blue and pink. So, so you could sell that to anybody today. So it's, uh, <laughs> But uh, in my sample case, I have, uh, I have everything. Uh, so I have a sample case that's filled with, with an infinite amount of goods. So I consider myself uh, very, very, very lucky and very fortunate. I'm not going to say it's easy what I do, but you know, it's not like the Hidushima floating on, uh, on top of the water or you just, you know, low-hanging Hidushima, where you just pick them off the tree and then you get them. You have to dig. They're there, but you have to dig. I guess if you're in Saudi Arabia, there's, there's not oil on the beaches either. You've got to dredge deep down and then you hit geysers, but... I think I hit a geyser again uh, this week, and uh, I'm going to try to reveal it. It, it, it. It's the first pasuk in the parasha. Ele toledot noah. 
נוח איש צדיק תמים היה בדורותיו, את האלוהים, את הלך נוח. This sounds like the most innocuous פסוק in the whole Torah. This is the, the story, the toldot, the descendants of Noah. Noah was a Sadiq. You all know what that is. He was a Tamim, whatever that means. Sounds like it's also good in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Now this Pasuk sounds like no room for analysis. I mean, you can't get a, a more pav and more, you know, harmless pasuk. You're just telling you about a guy called Noah, and he was a Sadiq, he was a Tamim, and uh, he walked with God. I, however, made three observations on the pasuk. The first one is, as far as I know, at least, there's only one Noah. And the pasuk introduces him as, Ele toledot Noah, Noah. Now, you don't have to call him Noah, Noah. It's an extra word. The pasuk could say, this is the uh, uh, generations of Noah. He was a Sadiq, he was a Tamim. You don't have to repeat his name twice. Why would you say, Ele Toledot, Noah, Noah? The second Noah is extra. Unless there's another Noah that we don't know about. And, and that's exactly why I came to reveal tonight, who is the second Noah? Now let's read a little about the man. He was a Sadiq. Well, I know what a Sadiq is. That's a, a righteous man. Tamim. Well, Tamim, I'm going to interpret it as perfect. Shalem. The word Tam uh, in, uh, in Hebrew is explained wholeness, completeness. So he, was, he wasn't just a Sadiq, but he was, he was perfect. Now I have a problem with that. I don't have anything against Sadiqim, I have nothing against Timimim. But if I say that somebody is perfect, so then you don't have to tell me that he was good. Sadiq means he was good. Tamim means he's perfect. Well, if he's perfect, he has to be good. So therefore, just tell me that he was a Tamim. I don't go to a guy and say, you see this guy over there? He is the best. And you should know also he's good. What means? He just told me he's the best. So if he's the best, he's got to be good. So, I mean, Tamim is a higher level. Tamim means he reached perfection. Well, then, Sadiq is not necessary then. Just tell me what he was. He was a Tamim. Well, in Tamim, he must be a Sadiq. So why does the Pasuk have to tell me these two accolades? Seemingly, one of them is superfluous. Sadiq Tamim Ayah Bedorotav. Okay, we'll open it up to the crowd. What does Bedorotav mean? He was a tzaddik tamim in his, right, in his generations. Now, I wouldn't have written it like that. I would have wrote in his generation. I have to assume that Noah lived in his generation. I mean, bedoro. If you say, uh, he was a great man in his generation. I mean, we're living in our generation. The generation of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, Rabbi Mansur. The generation of uh, our members. We, that's our generation. But Noah, it says, Bedorotav in his generations. That caught my attention. Finally, on the first pasuk, <laughs> a pasuk that every word sounded so easy, now we're breaking it apart, every word seems complicated now. Noah. Noah walked with God. And I say, well, he better walk with God. He's a Sadiq and he's a Tamim. If a Sadiq and a Tamim doesn't work with God, then who walks with God? You have to tell me that? It's like I come and say, you see this man? 
He's one of the Lamed Vav Sadiqim that's holding up the world. And you should know also, he's Shomer Shabbat. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's Shomer Shabbat. You just told me he's a Sadiq Tamim. Now you're telling me. And then, oh, you know what type of Sadiq Tamim he was? He wasn't a Buddhist. He was a, a Sadiq Tamim that walked with God. Oh, he's one of those. Okay, good. That, that is a Sadiq Tamim. What does the Pasuk have to come and tell me that he walked with God? I mean, that's got to be obvious. Beautiful. That's my problems with the first pasuk. And I have good news. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And you don't have to remember the questions, but the beauty of it is one answer is going to make ten questions disappear into thin air. Uh, uh, a trick that even Houdini can't accomplish. <laughs> because I don't want our members to say, wait, the guy's going to ask ten questions. And that's going to give me 10 answers when I'm going to get out of here. It's not going to work like that. You're going to get 10 questions, one answer. I'll pull the rabbit out of the hat, and that's it. And then, then you go home, and, and then we'll see you next week. So that's the first thing. Now I present to you what I will say is maybe the hardest rashi in the entire Torah. And it's in Parashat Noah. You have a book in front of you, it's Perek Zion. Pasuk Zion, Zion, Zion. So the Pasuk reads like this. Noah came and his sons, Ishto and his wife, and his, his daughters-in-law, Ito with him, they went into the Teba. You know why they went into the Teba? They went into the Bab to the Debab because of the flood. Oh, I'm glad you told me that because I didn't know why they went on the Teba. I thought they were going on the Teba because they were, you know, uh, I don't know what. They were, you know, they wanted to uh, the, the, the isolate because of, uh, because of COVID. Why? Why else were they going on the Teba? Does the Torah have to tell me that they went on the Teva I mean, the guy's building this monstrosity for 120 years. God told them there's going to be a Mabu. And then the Pasuk says, well, guess what? He went on the Teva. But you should know why he went on the Teva. Because of the Mabul. Oh, <laughs> surprise. That's what made him go on the Teva, the Mabul. I thought he had 50 other reasons. But the Torah says, no, it was the Mabul that did it. I mean, how, how do you learn this Pasuk? Before you get to Rashi, this pasuk is screaming for interpretation. I'll tell you the way I understood it before Rashi. I, 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 and I, I hate to say it, my way is going to be easier. My way is, the pasuk is not telling us why he went on the teva. It's obvious he went on the teva because of the mabul. It's telling us the way he went on the teva. Notice the way he went on the Teva. It says, Vayavon Noah Ubanav. Noah and his sons, that means the men were separate. The Ishto Unchebanav and his wife and his daughters in law. It means there was separate seating on the boat. They went in men's section, ladies' section. Why? Because it was forbidden to live as man and wife on the boat. They were not allowed to cohabit. On the boat. It's not the love boat. This over here was. <laughs> this over here is a is, is, is separate seating over here. 
And the question is, why? So the Pasuk is telling you, because since the world was in peril and there's a mabul, it wouldn't be proper for them to be enjoying themselves as man and wife when there's a mabul outside. That's a hidush. It's not telling us why he went on the teva. It's telling us why he went on the teva separate. Oh, because And that's not proper to be enjoying yourself as a man and wife when the world is being destroyed. Now, if you learn the pasuk like that, I mean, that's, we call that glot. That's smooth, smooth as, uh, smooth as ice. But Rashi HaKadosh, whose intent is to make things simpler for us, because he just comes to explain pshat, he actually explains the pasuk, drops a bomb, and then he moves on to the next pasuk. He's okay. He leaves us with the, with the aftermath of what he's going to say. Read Rashi, and please don't jump at me. Let me just read the Rashi before you jump down my throat. Rashi says, Af Noah meketane amanahaya. Noah is what we call ketane amana. He had diminished faith. Ma'amin ve'eno ma'amin sheyavoha mabul. He believed that he didn't believe that the flood was coming. We call that in English, he was skeptical. Yeah, he asked Noah, what do you think about the Mabul? Ah, I don't know. Could be, could not be. You know, the forecast they say, but the forecasters are wrong sometimes. Noah is basically being called by that she here, a ma'amin ve'eno ma'amin. And then he says, ve'lo nechnas la teva. You know the only reason why he went on the teva? Till the war is forced them on. So you know why Noah went on the teva? The waters of the mabul, the torrential rain, practically there was a tidal wave that pushed them on the boat. And it wasn't for that, Noah was holding out. And I'm asking a question on the she. I mean, he explained me the pasuk, she, very nice. But his explanation now leaves us with a, 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 a terrible question here. If anybody was invested in Mabul theory, it's Noah. I mean, this man built a Teba for 120 years. And now you tell me after that investment, Noah still hedging? At the end, he's like, hey, maybe, yeah, maybe, it can't be. And keep in mind, how does Noah know that there's a Mabul in the first place? God told him. So he's a prophet. So we, we're not saying that the prophet Noah is questioning God. I mean, if God tells that you bring your Mabul, and you must have believed him because why we didn't get involved in the building of the Teba, and then collecting all the animals, and collecting all the food. And at the end of the day, Noah says, yeah, well, listen, I was uh, taking out insurance. Uh, I'm not insured. Ma'amin ve'enu ma'amin. Many, many commentaries have struggled to explain this Rashi. I will tell you one classic that we've said in previous years, just not to neglect the classics. There's a sefer over here called Amar Naka. Amar Naka is a rabbi called Rabbi Obadiah Mebartenura. 
some of our members know this rabbi from his commentary on the Mishnah, because he's the classic commentator. Some, some of them know him from the wine. But the, <laughs> but the point is, wherever you know him from, he also wrote a commentary on Pirush Rashi. And it's a masterful commentary. And he deals with it. And right away he says, how could it be? Ma'amin ve'eno ma'amin. Come on, Noah is a skeptic. So he says something incredibly beautiful. He said one of the uh, measures and characteristic traits of God as we know him, he's El Rahum Vehanun. God is merciful, and not only is he merciful, but he's Erechapayim. Erechapayim means he's deliberate and he's patient. And when a person sins, as we know, God doesn't strike the person down that second. As a matter of fact, God is long-standing. And he gives a person a long string in order to make teshuvah, in order to repent. As we say in the tefillah of olam. God does not want the destruction of the world. God wants the person to repent and live. God's not interested in, in demolishing. God wants the person who made a sin to come back. And therefore he's very, very patient. And you know what Noah believed? He believed that God is so merciful and so patient. It's not going to happen. He's going to ultimately say, all right, I changed my mind. And Noah had good evidence. Because God comes to Noah and says, Noah, I had enough. Ketz kol basar These people are corrupt, they're immoral, they're a bunch of crooks and thieves. I had enough, it's the kids. I am going to destroy them and the, and the land. Now, when somebody talks like that, you think they've reached their, uh, their end. And therefore, go build a teva. And how long does it take him to build a teva? 120 years. So, so Noah's thinking to himself, God doesn't want to do this. I mean, he tells me I had enough. And then he just keeps on delaying it, 120. That means... God ultimately, his mercy is going to overcome everything. <coughs> and ultimately, his patience is going to uh, win the game. And somehow, Borelam's going to end up saying, all right, listen, uh, uh, sentence suspended. He's going to call in a, uh, a, a, a stay on, on, on the sentence. And by the way, he's not that far off, Noah, because after the 120 years are up, what happens? God tells Noah, all right, another delay a game, another seven days, plus seven. Noah says, what happened now? Well, there's a guy, Metushelach, just died. <coughs> and we don't want, they play the Arayat. We don't want to waste the Sabusak. So therefore, <coughs> wait for the Arayat of, of, of Metushelach to finish. And Noah scratching his head and saying, that, that's, 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 a, that's an excuse. You know why it's an excuse? God doesn't want to do it. Not because he can't do it. Noah didn't, of course, he believed that God can destroy the world in a second. He just believed so strong in the Rahmanut, in the Erech Apayim of Hashem, that somehow Bure Olam at the end is going to say, so therefore the Pshat is like this, Ma'amin ve'eno Ma'amin. Ma'amin berahmanuto shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu ve'eno Ma'amin that will bring the flood because of the Rahmanut. And therefore, he waited outside and saying, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Borei Alam's going to call another time out. And then at the end what happened, 
The only thing that caused Noah to get onto the Tiba was once the Mabul pushed him on, and he said, like, I guess that's it. So that's a, a, a very, very elegant way to learn this Nashi over here. It's, it turns not Noah into a skeptic, on the contrary, it turns him into a tremendous believer in the Midot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I mean, talk about turning it actually upside down. I mean, the, a second ago, we were, we were, you know, we were, uh, we had claims on Nash and on, on Nashi and on Noah, and all of a sudden, Noah stock just, uh, you know, just split. So you have over here a beautiful shot. Although I'd like to say, using this theory of Amarnaka, I want to have my own, uh, my, my, throw my own two cents into the uh, into the game over here, if if if, if it's okay. <clears throat> So that's that's the that's the setup, that's the setup, that's the foundation of, of, the, of the class. The first pasuk and this rashi. This is the this is what we're playing with. These are the chips that we're playing with. <clears throat> now we got a big issue. The issue over here is if you ask most people. Why did Noah and his family need to go onto the Teva? And the answer that we were told in first grade is, what do you mean, to get saved from the flood? It's very simple. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hermetically sealed environment. It's waterproof. And uh, so everybody else will be drowning and he'll be safe. It's protection. And then the obvious question is, is that the only way to save Noah? That was God's only option. Remember that God has infinite options at all times. Us as human beings, we only see one or two options in front of us. And then we see a bunch of closed doors. But God, at any moment, there's infinite ways out of any problem. Infinite. We just don't see them. If you you trust God, you'll know that no matter what predicament you're in at any time, there's not, you see three options. There's not three options. There's infinite options to get out of your problem. God sees all of them. So the teva, by the way, is one of infinite. I'll just give you a simple one. The Gemara says that the flood did not hit Israel. So easy answer. Take Noah and his family on a, on a paid expense trip to Israel for sabbatical. Let him live there and, you know, uh, for the flood. And then when it's all over, you, you, you're flying back. Or maybe he wants to make Aliyah. Maybe he won't come back. Maybe he'll stay there. I mean, and therefore, you save Noah all the trouble of building the monstrosity. And second of all, by the way, living on it. I mean, don't, don't make a mistake. I mean, I think there's a big uh, disservice that the yeshivas do to our children when they bring home the parashah sheets. And you see the picture of Noah and his family taking a selfie in front of the teva, and they're all happy that as it, he wasn't happy. The teva, the teva was, was, was not a carnival cruise, Rabotai. The, the, the teva was, 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 was Gehenam on earth. I mean, just the smell. I mean, you got every single animal on there. I mean, you see these guys walking with their dogs on the street? And they got to have a bag. The guy's carrying the... You wonder who the dog is. You know, the, guy, the, guy's, the guy's... Now, by the way, that's only one pet. That's one lousy pet. Now you got all the animals on the, on the teba, and uh, there's no... You know, it's all there. And could you imagine the noise on this teba? The noise. 
What happens when, when, the, when the cat meows, the dog barks, and the other guy says, that's it, it's a, it's, a, it's a symphony. And it's 24 hours a day. Noah himself would testify in the Midrash, I didn't sleep one night on the Teva. I was feeding the animals, and they eat 24 hours a day. Every animal has a different schedule, and it, it, it was, it was, it was quite, quite difficult. To the extent Noah prays, as a Pasuk nafshi. Noah's talking, save me from this prison. He calls the Teva a prison, and by the way, I think that's being generous. And the Teva was a, a very, very, no ventilation. I mean, there's no shuffleboard on the deck over here. There's no, this is a, a, rough, a rough voyage. And I'm asking a simple question. If that's the only option, all right, it's the only option, so you take whatever your options are. But God has a much easier option. Send them to Israel. Secondly, how long was Noah on the Teva from, 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 the, from the day that he embarked? One year. One year. Now this is a theory question. How many days into the Mabul do you think the people were all dead? On which day did this, everybody perish? Exactly. I agree. I say day one. Exactly. The Gemara says it wasn't a rain shower. It was boiling water that was percolating from under the ground. So these people didn't drown, they melted. They got scolded, Vayimach, the Pasuk says. So therefore, they died on day one. In seconds. So therefore, if the whole Teba is to keep Noah out of danger, if Noah went on the Teba on Tuesday, he could have been out by the weekend. What is he doing there for a year? I mean, the, the flood, which is the danger, is over 24 hours later, it's over. Now you go, well, Rabbi, I gotta wait for it to drain. I mean, it's, it's gotta drain. Now, I gotta assume the gun has good drainage. It's like God had to call Rota Rude, hey, we got a flood over here. Could you, could you, could you open it? It, 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 it? The one that brought the flood could get rid of the flood, correct? So, how long does it take God to get rid of it? Two seconds, the water will recede. Once the water recedes, God should tell Noah, listen, we did it. Snap, boom, get off the Teva. So, the danger is one day. So, then why is Noah subjected for a year on the Teva? These are strong questions that we never think about. So, I'm going to bring you now the approach of the Zohar Kadosh, <coughs> which is simplified for us by a great rabbi called Rabbi Moshe Al-Sheikh. <coughs> rabbi Moshe Al-Sheikh was a rabbi of Sfaradi, American League, 500 years ago in Sfat. And he was the master darshan of the world. He was a student of Rabbi Yosef Karo, the author of the Shohan Aruch. He would give parashah class on Friday night in Sfat, and everybody would attend, including the Arizal. Could you imagine? We never thought the Arizal goes to any classes. He gives, no, he went. <laughs> and they say that the Arizal would sit in Rabbi Moshe al-Sheikh's parashah class the whole time and just nod his head. As if to say, he's right, he's right, you know. And Arizal hears all this good from Eliyahu Navi. 
<coughs> so when he hears the Al Sheikh saying it, he says, This guy knows what he's talking about. Sometimes we go to a class and we go like this, what is the guy talking about? We go the other way, we're breaking down the other way. But that is at least was, was confirming. So, what does the Al Sheikh say on the Friday night class of Parashat Nawah? Only a great sage like this can, 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 can talk like this. But he's basing it on the Zohar. <coughs> he says, Go to the Haftarah for a minute. And the Haftarah, when it talks about the flood, it refers to it as Men Noah. Men Noah means the waters of Noah. Noah's waters. Now, in first grade, they never said Noah's waters. They told us Noah's ark. But the Navi doesn't call it Noah's ark. They say Noah's flood. And the Zorakados says because he was partly responsible. Oh, it's Noah's flood. You know, like we, we're accustomed to say, you know, Hurricane Noah. They named the first hurricane after Noah. Now, that's not a compliment. If your wife's name was Sandy, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't such a, such a popular name after Sandy came through and wreaked havoc. Uh. But the point is, so the, the Navi is calling it Hurricane Noah. And the Zorah Kadosh says, what do you want from Noah? He was the Sadiq, he was the Tamim, he was the greatest guy. Yeah, he was great, but he, he had a deficiency. My rabbi, Acham Baruch, the founding rabbi of this great synagogue, used to tell us when we were youngsters, Adam le'amal yulad. A person was created to toil. And what does it mean to toil? He said, to toil means to learn, to develop yourself, and then teach it to others. Your job is not to keep all the goods to yourself. There's people that need help. There's people that need to see the truth. Your job is to realize the truth for yourself, but then don't just lock yourself up in the Midrash and just keep on amassing for yourself. Like they say in America, share the wealth. So he would say, Le'amal, which means to toil is Rashetevot. Lilmod al menat lilamed. To learn with the intention to teach. And that's a very, very important job that a rabbi has, <clears throat> that a prophet for sure has. Of course, it's much more uh, 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 beneficial, let's say, to the person to just sit in the bed with the all day long and pile the books and download information and not have to deal with, you know, uh, the bourgeoisie. But that's not what God wants. God wants you to, of course, learn to become adept and become proficient at a certain level and then go find people that are not aware of these truths and then... And, 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 and share it and give it to them. I must say, uh, without being Hasbro Shalom uh, uh, obnoxious, it's one of the motivations that brings me here. And I always think about that. Because I know there's people that are thirsty. And therefore, if I know these truths, why not come to people that are interested in hearing it and share it? I could create these Hedushim and smile in my office and dance to myself and write it down. And I served a great purpose. But what would it benefit the people? If you elevated yourself, elevate others with you. It's a driving force in my, in my theory in, in life in general. You learn something, now you have an obligation to find somebody to teach. And that's a, that's a rabbi's responsibility. 
Noah was great. I don't come here tonight to indict Noah. He was great. Torah says he was a Sadiq. But there's one deficiency that Noah had. He didn't involve himself in outreach. I mean, and if there's any generation that needed outreach, it's the generation of Noah. I mean, these guys are all in the Shaheen. That's my customer. That's the best customer. That's the guy I'm looking for. When that guy comes into the shul, I don't believe in Shabbat. I don't, beauty, come. By the time I'm done with you, you're going to have, you're going to have him pay Ota. No worry, come here. <laughs> <laughs> now, Noah has, I mean, anybody he's going to talk to, the guy's ripe. And 120 years, not one guy couldn't convince one guy. I mean, take the most boring rabbi. He's got three guys around the table. They believe he's Mashiach. <laughs> and Noah, for whatever reason, the Hatam Sofer explains maybe why he didn't go out. Hatam Sofer says, Noah built a tim. At night, he went in his house, locked the door, and tells his wife, don't, don't answer the door for anybody. I'm going to sleep tomorrow morning. And he says, why? He says, the reason why his name was Noah, because that was his nature. Noah means he was uh, non-confrontational. You know, Noah was, uh, you know, he was calm. He was passive. He was Noah. It wasn't his nature to get into somebody's face and start to debate him. And th- whatever the reason. But at the end of the day, there's claims to get Noah. Why didn't you go? Talk to the people. Maybe if you would have given some inspiration, they would have made some even thoughts of Teshuvah, which God was looking, God would have taken anything. And even if God would have smelt a thought of Teshuvah, he would have said, I call the whole thing off. But Noah didn't. So the Navi comes along and says, Man, Noah, Noah, you're, 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 you're responsible. And therefore, the Teva serves a dual purpose. It's a reward to save Noah, and it's a punishment at the same time. I don't like to use the word punishment, because God doesn't punish. It's a reward, and it's a rectification. It's a tikkun. Noah, you're going to have to be purged for that delinquency. And God purges a person using the principle of measure for measure. Noah, you locked yourself in your house, and you didn't want anybody to come? Good, now you go lock yourself in the Teba for a year. That's where you wanted to be, right? You didn't want anybody to bother you? Good. Now, I'm not going to go to Israel. We have the free, uh, free reign to run around. Now, go into the Teba. And it says, God slammed the door on him. Like they didn't want the airline. They shut the door and they lock it. That's it. The cabin is sealed. You can't get out. That's a punishment. And to, the, to, the, to mankind, that you didn't extend yourself to, now you'll be forced to extend yourself to the animals day and night. The kindness that you didn't do to the people, now you'll have to purify and purge yourself and extend yourself, not to people, but your tikkun is going to be to become the, uh, the caretaker and the zookeeper for one year and to tend to all these animals and all they need. So ultimately the, the teva is a rectification. That's why, although the flood was over after day one, that's the punishment for the people. But Noah's sentence would last much longer. That's why he needs a, a year on the Teba. Not for the people. They, they were done day one. The year sentence is in order to 
fixed Noah. And Rabbi Al-Sheikh then opens the Pesukim. And he says, when Noah was building the Teba, he had to pitch the Teba, meaning to put tar on the Teba. And the way it says that he pitched it is v'chafarta oto. V'chafarta. That's a sophisticated word for tarring. And he says, you know why the Torah used the word v'chafarta? Because it's the same word as kapara. Wow. He says, God was telling Noah v'chafarta. Besides the pitch, it's a kapara for you, this teba over here. And, and, and therefore, Noah realized it. I mean, Noah is, is, is great in the sense that he realized that he was fixing himself. And based on this, I'd like to go back to that Rashi now, if I may. That Rashi that said, Noah went on the teba because the waters pushed him on. He was a ma'amin ve'eno ma'amin. I take the aman nakaz principle. Noah believed in God's mercy. Not only on the mercy of the, of the macro, of the world, but he believed that maybe God will have mercy on him. Because he knew that he was delinquent and he knew that going on to that teba is going to be a, a difficult sentence for him. And therefore, Ma'amin, he thought maybe at the end, maybe God somehow will tell Noah, all right, listen, Go to Israel or do something else. So he believed, but at the end of the day, Bari Alam said, it's for your own good, Noah. You gotta go on the teba. And if you accept your rectification, and Noah could have said, I'm not doing this. That's it. Let the, I don't care. Let the animals die. What do I care? I'm go to sleep for you. Go, 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 go to the bottom of the, the deck, to the galley, and uh, who knows what. But it says no. Noah accepted his tikkun. Now watch. <coughs> Year later, he gets off the teba. You have text in front of you? Let's open up. So he gets off the teba. This is a, one year later. This was not a, this was not a three hour tour, Rabotai. Look at Perik Het Pasuk Chaf. Perik Het, Het, 8, 8.20. It's right after Noah comes off the Teba. First thing he does, he builds a Mizbeah, an altar. He takes all the animals that are pure and he brings them as Korban Ola. He brings them as a sacrifice. What's God's reaction to Noah's sacrifice? He smells the, uh, the aroma. God says, I will never bring a flood again to the world. Now, now this is incredible. The man that the Zohar says was responsible for the flood, now is responsible for never having a flood come to the world again. What does that tell me? Noah made the tikkun. Understand what I just said? I mean, a second ago, you're telling me, his fault, he didn't stop it. And now, Noah's going to go down in history as the man that stops every subsequent flood from that day on. That means what? That's God's way of telling Noah, you're fixed. Understand? As an, I have a big, big issue, and I know this probably went on on many of your Friday night tables. It happens every year, Parashat Noah. 
Because the kids come home with their parashah questions. And then when they say, no, it's a sadiq, and everybody starts, well, you know, uh, it depends. Uh, some say he was a sadiq, but in his generation. And, and it always bothered me because why do we only do this to Noah? I mean, when it comes to Abraham, Abraham is a sadiq. Everybody says, yeah, that's it. Nobody says, well, you know, Abraham, I don't know. No, no, nobody does that. To, poor Noah. If, if I come to say, Moshe, greatest man, bye, you know, listen, you know, nobody says that. But you mentioned Noah. Oh, get the scale out. Get the scale out. Let's put Abraham on this side, put Noah on that side. I don't know who's bigger. Why, why do we always pick on Noah? Why can't we just take the pasuke? God was a sadiq, period. No. You talk about Noah, everybody starts to become a, 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 an adjuster. You know, we got to assess it. You know, how much is he worth? How much is... Uh... What's going on with Noah. And I, I said, I'm well aware that there's a big argument amongst the rabbis how to look at Noah. Some say, in his generation he was great, but you know, in, in such a creepy generation, you don't have to be too great to become great. I mean, it's relative to the, to, to the people. So that, that's one way of looking at him. And I'll say, no, if he, was, if he was great in that generation, then could you imagine? Two ways. So if I would ask our members, what do you think? Well, you have two views. You have two views. Now, don't fall into the trap. Because if I, I ask the members in Brooklyn, so what do you do? No, I think he's a Sadiq. I go, no, I think he's not. Why, why answer a question if you could be 50% wrong at any time you give an answer like that? You never give an answer. The answer of rabbis is always, it depends. Because if you say it depends, you'll never be wrong. Otherwise, you're rolling dice. Yes. Oh, could be no. Why answer? But when you become a rabbi, anytime somebody asks you a question, always oh, it depends. Because everything depends on something. It's always depending on something. So you, and you, you'll never be wrong. So if you ask me the question, hey, rabbi, Noah, what's your opinion? And I, I, you know what I answer? It depends which Noah you're talking about. The whole discussion of Noah, good guy, that's Noah pre-flood. Noah, after the flood, the jury's out, it's unanimous. The man is as perfect, there's nothing to talk about. After the flood is over, God accepted his korban and says, I will never bring a flood in your merit. That's it, game over. The whole debate, and that's where people fall into the trap. They forget that there's still a Noah after the flood. They think that Noah is the flood, but there's the parasha doesn't. They only watch the first two quarters of the football game, and after the halftime, they say, ah, that quarterback, uh, there's, there's, there's two more quarters over here. What, what, what are you indicting the quarterback? There's still half a game left, but they got so caught up that already they, they indict him at halftime. You got to read the whole parashah. I don't think there's any argument after the flood. Noah is, I mean, if a person is delinquent and he rectifies himself, you still want to indict him? Poor guy. Guy commits a sin. Hazid, he went to Tikkun. He suffered for a year. He did up there. And after it's all over, he said, ah, he's still a guy. I'm this guy. What more do you want from the guy? He went through it. I mean, don't you believe in Teshuvah? You're going to tell me a guy commit a sin, fast, does all the Tikkunim, and they say, now what are you thinking of me? Ah, you blew it already. What do you mean I blew it? I fixed myself. You can never fix yourself. You're broken. You were born broken. You're going to die broken. Why? So I think this is a big mistake. And I think all this approach that I'm giving you now is actually given to me in the first pasuk in the parasha. 
It's waking me up to tell me how to learn parashat. No, it's giving me the instructions. And it's saying, Ele toledot Noah Noah. There's two Noahs in this parasha. There's the Noah before the flood, and there's the Noah after the flood. And don't forget the second Noah. And now it says, Noah is Sadiq Tamim. Noah was a Sadiq. He was good. You know when he was good? That was during the generation of the flood. But then he became perfect. Later on, Noah is a work in progress. That's the key to learn about Noah. He started at Sadiq, but at Sadiq has room to grow. He was not at Sadiq Tamim simultaneously. Noah number one was a Sadiq. Noah number two, which is the recreated Noah, he elevated himself to become a Tamim. And that's why it says Bedorotav in his generations. In the generation of the flood, he was a Sadiq. In the post-flood generation, he was a Tamim. We're talking about same Noah, but different guy. So far, so good? And the Pasuk is then telling me, why did this man need a Tikkun? You know why he needed a Tikkun? Et Elohim Noah. Noah walked with God. That's his sin in a generation that the people need you. Why are you just walking with God, Noah? That's the reason why he needed to be fixed. Because he was walking with God. If I'm sitting in the Kolel learning, and I'm connecting with God, and a young student comes to me and says, Rabbi, I have so much questions. Leave me alone now, I'm learning. You're, you're walking with God when people need your help? It Elohim Noah is not a compliment to Noah. It's saying that that's where he went wrong. He was only walking with God when he should have been walking with the people. Now that you have the first pasuk, that's it. Now, now go learn the parasha. So the first pasuk is setting the tempo and the, the derech for the entire parasha. If I, if I had to rename the parasha, I would name it parashat Noah Noah. Because everybody gets stuck on the first Noah. And, and we do that with people also. You know, there's a guy who was young and made you know, some mistakes, and that's it, we write him off. Yeah, but the guy has 50 years after that, too late, there. that clip when he was uh, younger. But there's a second half. And the second half, the quarterback threw three touchdowns. Now, forget about that, but he got intercepted four times in the first half. Therefore, that's all I can remember. That's a mistake. You have to remember that there was a Noah after the flood. And that's the Noah. That was the Tamim. He went from good to perfect. And it wasn't easy, but he paid for it. One year of no sleeping, one year of doing chesed, 24-7. This man purified himself to, to the level of an angel. Who could do such a thing? We, we, we go to the zoo and the animals are behind cages and where we can't feed the, the, the sheep for three minutes, the uh, cornflakes. And this guy, Noah, is feeding every single animal different diet, different food. Now, I want you to recognize, if I stop here, I've fulfilled my, my responsibilities very, very well. Which is, if I say it, that's it, I'm calling it a night. I don't think any of our members have any claims to say, oh, that's what we came out for. This is what he's giving us over here. I mean, I could have stayed home. So <clears throat> I don't have any guilt at this point to say, Ad Khan. However, because of my generous nature, <laughs> and that I, I, I always like to give a, a, the cherry on the cake, 
I'd like to say one more uh, uh, piece of this uh, puzzle that we created here tonight. I was, when I prepared it for, for, for the Shi'urim on Shabbat, I was very happy at this point. But as a rabbi, I always anticipate questions that people are going to ask me. And I don't want to say a beautiful derash and then have some guy, you know, spoil it. And especially we're in front of 500 people. He's one, 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 one wise guy to raise, yeah, but what about? Uh, and then they say, oh, I'll get back to you. And everybody says, oh, so he got him. He got the route. So it always in the back of my mind that you always have to have the answer ready for the spoiler. So I said, I need to, there's one more piece over here. And I'm glad I did it. Because the spoiler was in the class on Shabbat. And I was so ready for him. <laughs> he came after me. He threw a fastball 95 miles an hour. But I didn't realize. I saw the stitching on the ball. As he's throwing it, I see the stitches. I see the stitches. So this is the question he asks. He said, I don't understand what you're talking about. I said, hey, talk with respect. Don't be, uh, you have a question, talk with respect. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. No, talk, Eretz. Because you have a question doesn't mean you can just now, uh, I'm still a rabbi. <laughs> so he says, he says, I don't know what type of tikkun this is. Noah was delinquent because he didn't tend to the people's spiritual needs. So therefore, if God really wants to rectify Noah, he should tell him, you got to open up a yeshiva, become a Rosh Yeshiva, and teach 200 students for 10 years. And that's the, how is feeding the giraffes and, and, and the aardvarks, how does that, how does that fix a, 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 a spiritual delinquency in Noah? He's, I understand what he's saying. You have to extend yourself to the creatures, but let's be more specific. The extending yourself to the wildlife is not exactly the sin of Noah. He didn't, ex- he didn't extend himself to the spiritual t- needs of the people. So by feeding animals for a year, although it's some connection to helping man life, but it's not, it's not really a, a rectification. I anticipated that question, and I got it. And now listen how I hit this baseball so far. It landed right in the guy's mouth. <laughs> so he's still sitting in the shoe. They got a, he got a ball stuck in his mouth. Listen to this story. Told him, answer the questions in this paper. It's in this paper. This is an incredible paper that I found. It's a Midrash in Tehillim in chapter 37. This is a story that the Midrash tells us that Avraham Avinu Alaba Shalom, by, I was gonna say by chance, but there's no chance, but it wasn't, it wasn't an arranged meeting. Of course it's ordained from heaven. He bumps into Shem, the son of Noah. Now, this is incredible. Now, this is Avraham Abinu meeting a survivor. Mm-hmm. Not a survivor from Auschwitz, which to us, we're, we're dazzled by these people. You meet, you meet a survivor from the Holocaust, tell me everything about it. How was your experience? So, Avraham is going to have the interview. This is the 60 minute interview. Avraham's got the interview 
with Shem ben Noah, survival of the flood, and they're not, there's not too many of those around. There's only how many, 10 people on the whole thing. So you find a survivor that can be an eyewitness of what happened, and Abraham's got him there. So Abraham Abinu starts to talk to Shem, and um, they get into the conversation. So he tells him, Kesad yatsata menateva. How'd you survive this thing? You needed a zikut. Amarles, or Shem tells him, Bitstaka shainu osim sham. He gave Siddhaka. Amarlo. So Abraham tells him, Vihimat Siddhaka hayalachem naasot bateva. What kind of Siddhaka did you have on the teva? Vihi anim hayusham. Were there poor people on the teva? Now, I mean, who knows? Probably one, who knows? The collectors can get anywhere, by the way. <laughs> You'd be surprised. No one comes with this. There's four guys from Israel. Hey, I'm collecting for. Uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> there was a window. They got in the window over there. That's a scholar. How'd you get out the Deva? It's not so simple that there wasn't any. Shem has to tell them. There was no Anayim. We made sure we put a sign no collectors, no solicitors. So he says. There was only Noah and his, and his, and his sons. Who were you doing Siddhaqah to? Amalei told him, All day long to the animals. We didn't sleep. Now listen to Abraham's reaction when he hears this. Be'otasha'ah, at that moment, Amar Abraham, Abraham says, Uma elu she'asu sedaka'im be'ma chayaba'ov, these people that did chesed with animals, and what? Yatsu, when they got saved, ani im eseh sedaka'im b'nei adam, if I will do kindness to people, to humans that are created in the image of God, look at this. At that moment, he opens his first hotel. Not the Holiday Inn and not the Sheraton. He called it Eshem. There's a big sign in front of Abraham's first uh, hotel. Eshel is shetevot, achila, shetia, lina. Eat, drink, lodge. Eshel. And most of the people see new hotel on the block, they all go, Abraham gives them the best food, the best drink, good, 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 good uh, amenities. Today nobody cares about anything, because they want to know the Wi-Fi code. But in those days, before the internet, he took care of them. Today you have to call it uh, Weshel, the, the, the Wi-Fi. But the point is, but the point is, and then on the way out, you know, you go to check out, and the guy says, you're going to have my bill. And Abraham says, there's no bill. There's no bill. Just thank, thank the one that you ate from. Thank you, Abraham. You didn't eat from me. You ate from God. Who's God? Oh, sit down. <laughs> sit down. And he said, the guy gave you a free, free week in hotel. You can't tell him I got to go. And all of a sudden, Abraham would start giving them seminars and hadushin. And Abraham would turn these atheists into monotheists. He would turn these non-believers into believers of God. 
And it says he had tens of thousands of these students. They built people and they made people. Exactly what Noah didn't do, Abraham did. But who was the inspiration of Abraham? Noah. That means Noah ultimately is rectified through Abraham. Because if you ask Abraham, I mean, you're a man that brought back so many people. Who gave you the idea? Actually, when I heard what Noah did on the Teba, I said to myself, if that's what God does to people that are doing the act, so I'll do it to people. God says to Noah, you see, you did the right thing and you did as much as you were able to do. It will lead to your ultimate rectification in a later generation. In sports, we call that the assist. Noah gets the assist. In every mitzvah that Abraham did with the people, I mean the pyramid, who's on top of that pyramid? Noah. I mean, he's got the intellectual property. It's his idea. And Abraham says, I got it from my... If he did that, miyad, immediately, he built a nation. So you follow me how we're learning? So I'd like to go back to the original pasuk now. The opening pasuk. So I want to say, what do you mean Noah, Noah? Yeah, the first Noah is Noah. And the second Noah is who? No, Abraham. No, I know it says Noah, but that's a detail. For the dirasha, we'll, we'll squeeze it in. Don't tell me how Noah becomes Abraham. <laughs> Listen, Hebrew could always work out perfectly in Abotai. So we take the crowbar for a minute. Noah, Noah. My theory is that the first Noah is Noah, but his rectification is in the second Noah. And who's the second Noah? Abraham, see, even you believe it. <laughs> now, the second part of the pasuk works much better for me. Tzadik Tamim. But well, we know in this week's parasha, God tells Abraham, We know that Abraham is the only one that's called the Tamim. So the pasuk is very good. Noah was the tzaddik. But he is rectified by the Tamim. This took generations. The tikkun was not immediate. The tikkun begins with Noah. But it's, it starts with Noah the Tzaddik, but it has to end with Avraham the Tamim, and this is generational, it's Dorotav. And Mr. Falik is saying, but what are you going to do with the second Noah? I mean, for your dirash to work, it would have been nice to say, Noah Abraham, but it says Noah, Noah. And you expect me to believe that the second Noah is Abraham? So I say, I say, hey, listen, you, you be the judge. I found an Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra, right in the beginning of the Perashah, that talks about Bedorotav. Ibn Ezra says the following. Oh, here it is. Bedorotav. Ki Noah Hayah. Bedoro Abraham. 
Noah lived all the way to the generation of Abraham. Now, they didn't see each other. Don't ask him, what do you mean he didn't see him? They didn't have WhatsApp. It's not like they could... Hey, Noah, where are you? Let's go, let's go for a coffee. They, they, they didn't meet each other. The word was big. So the Ibn Ezra says, how old was Abraham when Noah died? So he says, Shehaya Abraham ben Nun Shana. Abraham was 58 years old when Noah died. And then he gives a siman. He says, Vasiman. The Abraham Abinu ben Noah ka'asher met Noah. Abraham was ben Noah, which means 58 years old. When no- Oh, so look at this. We have an Ibn Ezra that's actually calling Abraham ben Noah. And you think it's a coincidence that the original Noah and Abraham is 58 at that moment? together in the world, and you have Noah, and you have the one that is Ben Noah. And therefore the Pasuk is telling you, Ele Toledot, Noah, the original, and Noah, Abraham, who was Ben Noah, that was 58 years old, that was the last time these two people met. The Tzaddik and the Tamim were in the world at the same time. And it was the Tamim that ultimately would rectify the tzaddik. So there is fair enough derash material to make that second Noah, Abraham. Because there is a connection between Noah and Abraham. He was 58, which is Noah, when the original Noah died. And the Ibn Ezra goes out of his way to call Abraham, Shehu haya ben Noah, kishemet Noah. That means you got Noah, Noah. So I say again on a deeper level, Noah. Here's the story of the original Noah and the rectification, the second Noah, which was Abraham Abinu. Sadiq Tamim. Noah was a Sadiq, but he wouldn't reach perfection until his deeds would inspire Abraham. And that took Bidorotav. Noah's deficiency is he walked with God. And Abraham's tikkun was he walked with the people. But don't make the mistake. Abraham only got the idea from the original. And that's the greatest tikkun. That you'll do something in life to the greatest of your ability. And then you'll say to yourself, but I wasn't able to fix it. Don't worry, that's God's business. God will see to it that your good deeds will ultimately reach the ears of the right person. And he will continue the legacy that you began. So the question that that... That fellow asks me, hey, it wasn't a complete tikkun. You're right, not immediately. But it was a work in progress. And therefore, for these rectifications to take place, you have to be patient. Bore Olam will bring everybody back to perfect rectification. If you just do as much as you can, you don't have to worry, hey, but I wasn't it. You did as much as you can. Noah, what you had, well, there was only animals left. That's all you were able to do. But somehow... Helping these animals is going to turn out into helping thousands of people to believe in God. Exactly what you needed to do will be done by proxy through Abraham. Ele Toledot. Noah. Noah. Stop. That's the cherry. That's the cherry.